we were just here recording, like I, I the Friends episode. I know it's been just a few days. I, I know because we did we did uh, fucking whip cap a little bit late uh, this yeah. past week, so it does. It feels like we're we're right back in the the saddle again. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you don't know, just because I saw I just saw some people. I sometimes I forget that we just can't keep saying things that and people expect can't people read to know what minds. we're talking about. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so wimp cap is the is what we put in between seasons of Simply Captivating or Simp Cap. Mm. Because it's not full strength. It's a little wimpy. It's a it's snack. A, you know, it's not a full season. Yeah. It's a snick. Yeah. And if you don't know what Simply Captivating is, well, my friend, get good. You've got a lot of catching up to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, we're going back down the fucking river tomorrow. So yeah. if you've been riding this fucking tube to hell like we have... <laughs> um we're back down have you been down again that river have you life. watched it yet uh no it comes out tomorrow i think the 30th oh it actually co- okay 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 yeah uh i haven't even checked because i am trying to stay away for as long as possible no, it's I'm already settled myself- in to me that i know the first thing i'm gonna have to do tomorrow morning when i wake up is is yeah. drag myself into my living room and uh watch it yes so i'm gonna start the day yeah Put yourself through that. Well, let's, let's, uh, we are neither wimp capping or virgining no, right now. No. We're here for a regular ass episode. Yeah. Episode 276. That's a lot. Actually. That's a lot of episodes. Yeah. And, uh, what are we talking about today? Dude, I'm talking, I've seen this requested before and oh. I have had it in my back pocket for a little while, but I was like, I, right I, up your butt. I could ground this week. Uh, I could use that, and it just got me thinking potatoes? about potatoes. Ah, as soon as you said it, dude, I was like, what's more grounding yep. than a potato? Than a potato. So we're talking about patats today. Nice. Uh, I love a patat. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys might have noticed, and I do, I just listen, I want to say here, once again, we're Wednesdays. We're Wednesdays release. Now, will that be Wednesday at... One o'clock in the morning, or will that be Wednesday two seconds before it turns into Thursday? I don't know. We don't know. We're Wednesday release. Yeah. But you might notice we're coming in a little late today, and that's because I had to pull out of our recording yesterday, and probably the day before. I don't really remember the last two days. It's a two-dayer, a two-day affair. Yeah. I, uh, I got sick the first day, and then I had the worst headache yesterday that was like byproduct of being sick and this headache would not go away it wouldn't stop there was nothing i could do and it was just that low grade grating gnawing feeling that just gets you at the base of the skull Mm -hmm. and everything you do is a chore and every like at one point i was just on the couch just going Just over and over again. Just a good vocalizing like that helped somehow. I don't know how, but like it just let me release how pissed off I was. Honestly, the vibrations from that probably are quite soothing. It's like ohm. Shook it around. Like when you do an ohm, like dude, it rattles every single one of your brain cells. It's awesome. Uh. You know, and if someone would have suggested to me to to ohm in that moment, I would have kicked them in the teeth. Yeah. Because, uh, listen, <laughs> I the second 
the, a thought entered my head about like, maybe I should get up and drink some water, get up and get some medicine. Like I would do it reluctantly. But the second a thought entered my head, like I should do something. I, my first response was just out loud. Fuck you. Uh, so it was not a good headache, but it did inspire me. I wanted to talk today about headaches and what we can do about them in a magical sense. And can they sometimes be caused by nefarious Somebody magical Somebody doing like laser fingers yeah, 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 yeah. from like their window or Sending something. you some like zip, zip, yeah. zip, zip, yeah. zip, zip, zip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm talking, te- it's like in headaches today. Uh, but before we do... Headaches or potato. I bet a potato is good for a headache. It can't be bad. Like starch. Yeah. It can't be bad. Like, one's going to hurt I, you. I don't think it can hurt. I mean, I, can you be allergic to potatoes? I didn't look that up. I was up. just about to say that. I don't know. I was just about to say that. You know what? Uh, you, listen here. We're going to do our Patreon shout out. And in the background, I'm going to find out if you can be allergic to potatoes. <laughs> but <laughs> today... Today our Patreon shout out goes out goes on. My heart will go on. Our shout out will go on. Wow! To Amethyst, <laughs> Amethyst D. Oh, that's pretty. That's nice, Amethyst. My first favorite crystal. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. The begin the entry level drug, the gateway drug to crystals. What was the letter after Amethyst? D like Douglas. Okay. Oh, Douglas. Douglas like Michael Douglas. Okay. Uh. <laughs> I'll tell you right here. Yes, it is possible to be allergic to potatoes. Potato allergy is not very common, but it can occur. Allergic reactions to potatoes are typically associated with proteins found in the potato. Most common potato allergen is potato protein called Sol T1. That sounds fake to me, but all right. That does sound soul T one sounds like uh, like Sobe. Soul, soul T one. Yeah, I feel like I should see that in a glass bottle at a gas station. <laughs> Extends. <laughs> if you're allergic to potatoes, let us know. I want to know how that is. Um, yeah, I think I've got a song. Yeah, well, go for it. Amethyst D. <sighs> Oh, I feel amethyst day for the very first time, and I think oh. I can fly. Nice. Yeah. A lot of that. A lot of that repeating over and over. Amethyst day. And over and over and over again. I wish I could fly. Yeah, and there's always a little echo words. behind him. Yeah. Fly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I guess let's start now. You can tell I've been listening to the Rock Snake playlist extra, D- dude. I will pop that on for as a treat. Our alter egos made a good playlist. I don't. I don't know what to say. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a playlist. It's a yeah, but like they made it. We disassociated. They made it. So it's nice. It's like we didn't make it. I, I don't. I don't remember putting a one on there. No. It happened. It's no. a gift to us. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking to you about headaches now. Okay. All right. Do it then. So first of all, what kind of headaches are there? You might have seen that little video that goes around that's like, I- I've seen several people make, it's sort of like when you go searching for articles online, you're going to find the same thing copied and pasted, oh, splotched God, all dude. over a million it different places. getting worse. 
however, there's a couple of circulating videos uh, out there that are like, if you have a headache up here at the front of your head, it's a, it's a, you know, I don't know, fill in the blank tension headache, and you can fix it by doing XYZ and XYZ. And only half of those are true. Like, the, the one about like the base of the skull being a tension headache is pretty accurate. Uh, the one about the tight headband being, um, I don't know, a different kind of, I forget. I just be wary with that video if you ever see it, because like only two out of the five different things are correct. I've watched a lot of doctors break it down and be like, no, this is dumb. Mm. Don't just (laughs) be like, I have a headache behind my right eye. That means that it's a migraine and I should dip my left toe in salt, you know? So just, I don't guess I've ever seen it. I'll send it to you. I'll, I'll post. You know what? I'll fucking post it. I'm gonna make a note to myself right here. Let's post it and roast I, it. Always, oh my god! Post and roast. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna write. All right. Post and roast. <laughs> I wrote post and roast head, and I wonder if I'm gonna remember what that means nice. later. Anyway, let's start off. There are tension headaches, and I feel like these are pretty common. They are associated with stress and muscle tension. Uh, However, they can also be brought on by um, screen time and being sort of crouched in a certain way, like holding your muscles in a certain Mm. way. If you're working a lot at computers or if you're just sort of, if you're a gamer, if you're a real hardcore gamer, you're holding your head down Text neck, as they like to say. Yeah. Hacker neck. Oh. Um, Oh, no, man. (laughs) But that is a headache that is brought on because your muscles are so tight. And it will typically be a dull ache on both sides of the head or sort of all over the head. Then we move into uh, territory uh, uh, outside of headaches. We got migraines. Okay, we got migraines. Migraines are like super intense headaches. Some people say that they're not even headaches. They're like, don't even put them in the same category. Um, I cannot imagine I having had, one. I've only had ocular migraines. I've never had like one yeah. of the knife slicey type of migraines that I and that make you throw up and, you know, sweat yes. and all. I can't imagine y'all have my sympathy. That seems awful. Yeah. I have had a headache that was so bad that I, I think, colloquially called it a, a, a migraine. You know, if somebody was like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I got a migraine. But I don't think it was a true migraine. Like you said, the ones that come on that make you, like, vomit. Non-functional. And the pain is 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 unbearable. You know, and I, and I have had a headache that have, has put me out. But if I had to, I could probably get up and do something about it or pop some meds or something like that. But luckily I don't think I've had a true like vomit inducing uh, migraine. I've gotten very close. I have experienced nausea with headaches, uh, big time sensitivity to light and sound. I have gotten Um, that. I know that I also eyeball. Yeah. The, the ocular ones, uh, the ocular migraines, which are also just super fun. Every time I have one, um, I'm like, I am going to have an aneurysm. I know that this is good. Yes. Because you feel it. Op- you feel when the release, or at least I do. And so my vision will get, you know, all weird and jellyfish looking for 10 minutes. And it get, it'll start in the tiniest pinprick. And it'll grow out and grow out to where everything looks like those weird chest things from Donnie Darko. And... <laughs> 
I will feel then this whooshing feeling in my brain and the, the jellyfish yes. will shrink back down to nothing again. And I'm like, that can't be good. That it's the whooshing. It's the, the whooshing, whooshing scares, scares me. me. I always lay down. Yeah. Anytime I have one, I just lay down or like, you know, <laughs> like I sit down and make myself be still. Cause I'm yes. like, I just feel like something's going to burst. I feel like, I, I do feel like I might fall or something, and I do kind of get a, a scared. I get a scared of not necessarily the whooshing taking me out, although I am afraid of like just having an aneurysm and just exist, just ceasing. Um, but what scares me more is hitting my head on something on the way down and dying like a bitch. Because like, well, <laughs> if I'm gonna die of an aneurysm let me die of an aneurysm don't let me hit my head on the corner of a table and die speaking of if anybody just well, i'm not going to explain why but if anybody wants to watch the worst 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 movie ever watch uh the absolute uh fucking shit piece of a movie called barricade it's it's related to this conversation just do yourself oh. a favor if you want to watch a movie that is not good uh do that <laughs> is it not good fun or is it not good? It's like, just oof. horrible. Yeah. I remember it was rented okay. one night, rented it one night, watched it. And listen, I can usually sit through anything. There's only been a couple of movies in my life that I've like actively when watching it been like, what the fuck is this? What know, is yeah. happening? Yeah. <laughs> and like, dude, you stick it through because it's not a good movie. And the, the answer you get is just, uh, I guffawed. I was shocked. I couldn't what, believe what it. What year is it? Is this an old No, film? it's not. It's like, I don't know, 2012? Oh. Okay. Well, so yeah, it's an old flick. Unforgettable. Unfor I've never forgotten it. I, I remember just blinking when it was over. Have you ever seen, I know your, your fear, because I, I shared it with you, but in the years since, have you watched the film 2012? I've seen bits of it and it has zero effect on me. Okay, yeah. I I was so afraid of that. And I'm wondering, like, should we watch that? Should we have a watch party? Oh, we like, should wimp cap 2012. Confront, we confront all of our apocalyptic Yeah, fears. because that yeah. just that trailer made me almost go into a blind terror when I was a child. I know I've said this. We, yeah, I've we left, both left. I would leave the theater. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like pretend to pee. Yes. And then come back and be kind of not able to enjoy the rest of the movie. I missed so many of my brain. good movie trailers. Mm. Bef during oh, yeah. that year before that movie came out i would just, just leave sweating yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sure everyone was like a little confused because <laughs> i'd just be like i gotta go i, I gotta get away <laughs> i gotta get out of here <laughs> um, <laughs> migraines migraines are thought to be brought on uh, they're uh, caused by a combination of like genetic environmental and neurological factors so it is different from a headache uh but it's still an ache in your head okay then we've got the cluster headache now cluster headaches are the ones that scare me because they typically will occur in like cl obviously clusters or like uh uh what would you say like cyclical patterns mm -hmm. uh and they cause pretty intense pain around one eye yes and uh the eye might get red uh there might be like cry you might cry out of that i eyeball. am prone to these. these are the ones i have i have had one of one or two of these in my day and i didn't know that that's what these were called because every time i heard someone talk about cluster headaches they spoke about them in a very scary way like if you have this kind of headache you need to see a doctor immediately 
which I would like to say, yeah, let's talk to a doctor if there's pain in your head. There, there's the disclaimer. I, uh, I had the, I had a spooky. bad bout of these when I was in high school, and not really bad since. Which maybe it was hormonal. I don't. I'm not really sure if that mm. was you know kind of led or fed into it. But I feel mm. like my entire like sophomore year, I just was riddled with cluster headaches, and then they stopped, and I didn't really. Yeah. I, I don't have much like now. I feel like I more get eye strain around the eye or sinus around the eyes. You know. Yeah. Ooh, sin. See, yeah. The older I get, I feel like I am shifting into, and that's my next one. Sinus headaches. These are my bread and These butter fucking- right here. I know all about these fuckers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so these headaches are associated with sinitis or the inflammation of the sinus tissue. Or rhinorrhea. And they will cause pain. They rhinorrhea. They typically cause pain and pressure in the forehead, cheeks, nose. Listen to me. And teeth. I feel I was gu- I was just about to say, I feel these sinus motherfuckers in my gums. Yeah, they get in it my is the they worst. Get in my mouth, they hurt. I will get a toothbrush and just yeah. like massage my gums. Dude, I've got day. a fascial releaser for the inside of your mouth. It's great. I what? I got it from Meredith because you know she's like a somatic educator and so it's all that's body work. Yeah. And I've got like so many different little tools that she's just given me. And one of them Give is it. like a little one that helps to like release points like in the inside of the mouth. And it's great. Well, give it because like, as of right now, my only real like treatment is to chew a bunch of gum up and then just oh, like shove it like, yeah, kind of like press like it against shove it. it. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah. Press yeah. it against it. I totally okay. get there. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. Uh, <laughs> I've taken a cold spoon before and, and shoved it in there, dude. I hate it when my gums hurt. Yeah. I am a monster when my gums hurt. Uh, okay. Let's see. But there's also, uh, also, um, if you're familiar with, uh, like sinus massage, I would do a lot of oh, sinus hell massage. Yeah. massage oh, let it back rain. In the day. Yeah. 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 Um, we should do, you know what we should do? We should do like a little video for sinus headaches. You can show the, uh, the release and I'll show some massage and we could be like, there, suck it, sinus headaches. Nice. Yeah. I'm uh, in. Do it to me. <laughs> There's also a, uh, there's something called a rebound headache. And I just think that's funny. That sounds like a, a situation instead of a condition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like what you call the person that's like, they're your rebound. They're, they're, they're just my rebound. Yeah, that's headache. the post come clarity. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, oh, they aren't my, the fuck. love of my life. Is, they're just a rebound. They're not headache. even my type at all. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Um, this is okay. So a rebound headache comes from the overuse of pain medications or the overuse of caffeine, um, overindulging in alcohol. When you think hangover, you can think rebound headache. Uh, anything that this occurs when our anything that we're using to sort of numb wears off. Yeah. If that makes sense. So a lot of those are dehydrating then, things too. Yeah. I wonder if that's yeah. related or if that's its own special category because dehydration headaches are I do they happen. I do so have easy. dehydration in there, yeah. but it's only that just the lack of fluid can lead to dehydration, which can lead to a headache. It can also lead to a sinus headache because if you're not dehydrated one of two things, or if you're not dehydrated, if you're not hydrated, one of two things can kind of happen. Your body can start to like overproduce mucus. Like, ah, shit, we got to 
wet this stuff up, mm-hmm. which can cause you to get inflamed. Or you'll just be so dry for so long that your body just goes, up. Oh, time to puff up. Uh, so drink drink water. Water is huge for headaches. Yeah. Water is huge yeah. for headaches. And I don't mean fucking Sprite. No, you gotta drink water. It gotta be water. And, it, and within, be water. within like, like 10 minutes sometimes it can it can yes. so quickly start knocking out a, a headache. I, I And this it's is stupid. like very simplistically put, but I've always heard just like your brain is like shriveling. It's drying out, you know, and it fucking hurts. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. I know that's not exactly like what's going on. But like, I think of it like that. And it helps me drink water yeah. because I'm like, I that's gonna that's not good. You know, I gotta I gotta I gotta gush it back. I gotta up. get it it's back squishy squish up there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like an Orbeez, you know, yeah. when it starts to dry out. It looks real sad. Yes. And shriveled, Absolutely. You gotta you can- plump it plump. You don't get it. Pump it up. Get it greasy, slimy, Mm. supple. Uh, Let's see. Other things that can cause (laughs) headaches. Caffeine withdrawal. Eye strain. Uh, This is sort of the same as the tension headache. Uh, However, this has more to do with like the muscles around the eyes, whereas the tension headache has more to do with the muscles like sort of around the neck and shoulders. Um, uh, You can have headaches if you suffer from sleep disorders or even just a bad night of sleep, hormonal changes, Mm. fluctuations during things like menstruation, pregnancy, or just any kind of hormonal like treatment you might be taking. Those are some ripping fucking headaches. Man. Ripping, ripping. Holy headaches, yeah. hell! <laughs> the, the only the few headaches that I've had in my day. Watch, well, there's a handful. There's a good amount. They have the only headaches I should say that I've ever had in my day that make me wonder, like, is this it? Like, is my yeah. brain going to explode? <laughs> They've all been hormonally related every single yeah. time. <laughs> is I is dude? It? Sometimes it's so bad. You're just like, is my brain going to s- turn off? Is it going to cleave in two and just go dark? Yeah. It feels like it's gonna. Ugh. Very specific reference that I'm about to make here. And also, yes, I'm about to talk about alone again. So on alone, there are a few instances of people who get so like, hungry, I guess that they there's been a few pass outs on the on the yeah, show, you get right? weak you get very nutrient depleted and you're eating your own muscles, essentially, and you're just and- atrophying. They always use the head cam, the GoPro that they have strapped on their head and the fall always looks so dramatic yeah. from that thing. And so sometimes when I get like a particularly bad headache, I just think that's what I'm that's what my view is about to be. I'm gonna see You're just like gonna the swivel fall of the ceiling. Down. <laughs> and then it's all gonna go dark. But you've eaten a meal in the past day. <laughs> yeah. I got candy bar in hand. <laughs> like- <laughs> uh <laughs> I don't mean I'm gonna pass out from starvation. Yeah, but that's why these people are fainting. No, I know. I'm just using it as an example. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, shut up shut up. Weather changes. <laughs> <clears throat> weather changes changes atmospheric pressure mm. can be a trigger for some people's headaches uh and then of course there's always underlying metal conditions uh things like infections inflammations neurological disorders please go to the doctor if there's something weird going on in your head i am talking today mostly about are your everyday non-lethal headache now do you want to hear a handful of people who suffered from bad headaches their entire life you ready yes sir winston churchill he looks like it. Elvis Elvis Presley. Mm. 
Mm. Also, didn't you always basically see now this could be my brain subbing in what I want to see or what I like the the caricatures of this person, but didn't you always see Churchill with like a big fuck off cigar and like a glass of brandy? Like I, I feel like that's a common at least especially the stogie. Uh yeah. I feel like that's they they go they that's go probably hand gonna hand together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if I have some cigarettes, a cigarette, if I have some cigarette, I'll it'll fuck up my sinuses. So like a constant stogie smoking. Uh Thomas but Jefferson. Some, people, some caffeine or not caffeine, fucking nicotine, some people say helps headaches. What if cigars were mm. full of caffeine? I wonder if it's I wonder well see, here's the thing. Caffeine <laughs> I wonder if the nicotine in like say a patch or a gum would be better because it's the chemical that would help the headache versus in a smoke form, which that just the smoke, the same as like a campfire would be like the smoke is going to irritate you. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, what I, I mean? they definitely do. Like I've smoked many a cigar in my day and it's, I always know after I've smoked one, I'm always just like, yeah, mm, yeah. I feel sick. There are certain things you do in life that, you know, you always know. If you have a glass of red wine, you're going to wake up thirsty as hell in the middle of the with, night with a headache. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you have a cigar, you're going to dry out those sinuses and suffer for a few days. And your you mouth, know, the mouth taste, anyway. dude. The mouth yeah. taste. Mm. Dude, this is maybe... Can't be, scrape that off your tongue. This is maybe sharing too much information, but Gross. the time, the famous time that we all went to Shreveport and mom got stuck in the bed. Um, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot. Okay. The rest of that night, we had those giant, like, huge, like, nine-inch yes. dog rockets, man, up in the fucking yes. casino. Smoke these whole cigars. Dog rocket? The only way I know that term is from nothing but trouble, I swear to God. And we so we all had these cigars, and I drank a shit pile of red wine. And, I mean, it was like a wild night. So did I brush my teeth? No. I passed out in the bed. And I remember As you should. waking up at, like, three in the morning... <laughs> You feel like a bag of crust. Offended at what I was yeah. experiencing, dude. The cigar mouth taste and the like uh-huh. wine cotton mouth and my joints were oh, yeah. screaming. And I just oh, remember yeah. being like, you don't oh, feel good. oh, God. And there was no way to get to the no, bathroom because good. of the semi-deflated air mattress, which was a hazard. And yeah. so I just suffered. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom did get stuck <laughs> in that bed. <laughs> Uh, uh, Vincent Van Gogh. Wow, I'd buy that. I'd believe that. Charles Darwin. Okay. Anna Nicole Smith. Man, that sucks. Yeah. All right. So there's some people that had okay, that really blows. <laughs> uh, so I want to talk about, could there possibly, could there ever be a magic reason to have a headache? A, 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 a an ethereal cause it's the elf shot of your headache it's the elf it'll go to be the elf shot <laughs> listen you can have magical headaches energetic imbalances okay so energy healing alternative medicine a headache could be a sign of an imbalance in your energy system or in certain beliefs some people who are highly sensitive or psychically sensitive might experience headaches as a response to external energies. This could be seen as an indication of heightened sensitivity or the need for psychic protection. 
Listen, I believe that. I'm I've, saying I've experienced voice, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dude, I've cleared a headache away from a meditation. Like, I have felt it. I don't know if you've ever had any experience like when you're doing kind of work like that or anything like that to where it's like you feel almost like all of the fascia fascia and like of your head just buzz feel like it expands and then just like gets warm and contracts back to normal again. That's what it feels like to me sometimes when I meditate. And like I've had that happen and it's like the tingling, buzzing, expandy feeling just clears it out. And when everything kind of feels like it clears out and goes back to normal, it's just not there anymore. And I was like, what does that mean? See. I, I have had the tingly buzzies, but I've never, I don't think I've ever gone into meditation with a headache because I am, I am so, I am so offended by headaches. I, I, there are many pains that I can have that I'm just like, yes, this sucks, but I'm going to, a headache is offensive to me. I will short, shut down. I will sit down and not do anything until it's over. See, and that's probably not the best. I have it. to move because I sitting in discomfort is what makes me miserable. Any discomfort, even if I'm having the worst, like cramps in the world i'm usually moving because if i'm not i'm just there with it and i fucking hate that like i if i'm i want to be i'll do anything i'll do anything you want like the only downside to that (laughs) is usually if my like lower back is fucked but it's like even so i'm crocheting or i'm doing something otherwise i'm just i just i don't want to sit and think about this it makes me mad that it's here i'm angry about it it's that's the thing it makes me mad but i will just sit and stew in it and it's almost like it's like oh you're gonna get a headache okay you're gonna sit here and feel every fucking second of it this is what you do i'm punishing my own brain you are you're punished you're you're stubbornly punishing your brain for hurting how dare you hurt you machine you're supposed to be a machine (laughs) Just, just function just function uh Listen, if you have experienced some kind of of spiritual uh, awakening recently, it can it can be a physical uh, a physically uncomfortable process. I'm thinking here specifically the Kundalini. Um, not all awakenings are this like love and light orgasmic mode. Like like oh my god, I experienced the world and I had is I am the birth. A Kundalini awakening can be fucking violent. Yeah, there there are some awakenings that uh, discomfort is a necessary part of the process within it uh, for you to grow spiritually and, and physically and personally. And a headache can be a part of that. Listen, some people who work within uh, symbolism practices can interpret headaches as a symbolic message from your subconscious or even from spirit uh, that... It means something like uh, there was there's not like a specific thing. It's just like it. this can mean whatever is going on with you at the time. And it, what I'm saying here is if you da- sit down with somebody who is going through like your body work, if you're doing like body work with somebody and they're like, oh, hey, your head hurts right now. That means X, Y, Z. I couldn't tell you what that means because it's individual people. And I'm also not like a symbolic a symbolic messenger. <laughs> the messages that I get are very literal. <laughs> and if I am getting symbolic messages, I am not interpreting. Mm-hmm. If I'm passing a long yeah. message to somebody and it's like, I will just very literally be like, this is what I saw. So uh, I saw you going up to heaven on an elevator. You make gotta, do with ha- that. You have to make do with that. How yeah, you will. You have That's to kind that of ominous to, to <laughs> tell someone. <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry you do this yourself. Because I also like, I also don't, 
I don't know. I just, I don't feel like I have, that's just not my skill set to just say what that means. Yeah. Uh, well, and sometimes it's not for you to interpret. It's just for them to interpret. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, I don't know what this means because I'm not supposed to know what this means. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's see. Uh, and then lastly, I have here magical influences and uh, magical influences. And that is when you have somebody or something could be a, a curse, could be, Uh, A curse put on, you know, by, like, a person. Or it could be a negative energy. Or it could just be, like, a little nasty duder who's out there. A little... Them little little nasty duders can can get those attachments. Like, Mm. mm mm-hmm. Little slimies. Mm -hmm. And... Grimers. Little slimies. Doing something to you on purpose. So, you know, brush up on your protective rituals. Uh, and help to kind of counteract those little dudes. Now, listen, let's talk about getting rid of it. Let's cure this headache, okay? Get hey, rid of it. Get rid, throw it away. First thing, stay hydrated. Please, water. dude, try it first. Water? Anytime you have a headache, just uh, try it say. first yeah. as a Hail Mary. When I, I ugh. <laughs> None of these are in order, particularly of like, here's the order you should try things in. Because they, they don't. It's not really like that, but the first one I put first for a very specific reason, drink water first. I'm talking a whole bottle or more. Yeah. You know, don't make yourself sick, but drink a lot of water. And hey, if you want to consume that in the form of like a tea, that's sick too, especially if you're going to throw some herbs into it, that will help with headache. We'll get to that later. The next thing is actually a little, uh, you're not going to hear this in many instances of something to do that will be good, but caffeine. Yeah. Because so caffeine. It's an excedrin. Can cause that. Yeah. It can cause the, the vasoconstrictive uh, effects that will help in the shoving of blood to your, your head, uh, making it hurt, you know, and too much caffeine can result in what we talked about earlier, that rebound headache. So, don't just slam caffeine all day. Yeah. Maybe like nurse an energy drink throughout the day. I or have some chocolate. This does work for me. Like if I because I mm-hmm. I'm kind of I've talked to I'm kind of weird about taking pain meds, and so usually yes, I try to yeah. do what I can about what I have around me. And if I drink a a sixteen a pint glass of water, you know, and I'll make myself like a small like it's because if usually I'm having a headache, it's in the afternoon. Like I'll make like mm-hmm. a small little little iced coffee, like just like no, not a lot of sugar and just like a heavy cream iced coffee and that and the water together usually in about yeah. 30 minutes. It's, it's at least dulled down to where I don't care about it that much. You know, it's mostly gone, if not gone caffeine, all the way. Caffeine and water has been the biggest outside of taking an ibuprofen or something like that um, has been the biggest thing that will help me get through a headache because I'm, I'm the same way. I've always been this way. I don't know why. I just don't take over the counter. I refuse to. I I refuse to. It, it's like a st- it's part well a lot of it's cuz my kidneys so I I'm scared to. Sure. But like yeah. it's a bit of stubbornness. I I like to usually either one just endure it or two fix it. And it's so like when yes. I take it I'm yeah. failing. So I save all of my allotted amounts I usually like to take for cycle week and then usually I try to yes. deal with it cuz that week I'm not I'm I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that everyone should be like this. No, this it's just, it's my weird thing. Probably not how it should yeah. be. But like, I, I, I share very much in that. And to the to the point where I have lived so much of my life that way, when I get around other people who do 
care like carry medicines with them in their bag or whatever and i'll just be like god my stomach hurts i wish this would go away or my head hurts or my x y you know whatever you could take a medicine for and then somebody will i listen i'm not talking gastro tummy things i'll take a gastro tummy thing any day of the week but for most other things i i won't be doing that but when but when i'm around people who do and they're like here just take here here have this it's an ibuprofen please take Sometimes I'll be like, oh, yeah, I can just yeah, take I medicine. Could, and this I could fix this. Like Hunter will do the same thing. Like I'll, I'll be having a headache and he's like, well, have you taken anything? And I'm like, no. Yeah. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Every time. He's well, like, well yeah. we've got stuff, you what know, like that? if you want to. What is that, man? <laughs> I, I don't know, dude. I did take stuff when we all got together last week because I was I, I was having some like uh, some like sciatica kind of stuff going on. I was like, I'm not fucking with this today. Uh, mm. So I did take yeah, something. You said your day. lower back was. Yeah. 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 Now, yeah. There are a few things that I won't won't really roll with that that lower back issue um, that crops up, which I'm finally healed from from months now how god how long does it take you to get over that less so now i feel like yoga, it's weeks it used weeks to be months and months yoga's helped tremendously so when it flares yeah. up now it's usually about four days god damn it helps a lot yeah. dude that's where i just came from today um, i was just getting a whole like fascial release like of the of the butt like of nice. the whole like sacral iliac area dude it was so good oh my god yeah 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 it was so good um caffeine okay we were at caffeine uh, uh a cold or warm compress now i have seen and a couple of you guys over on facebook backed this up cold for a migraine warm for anything else is what i have seen and i'll, I'll cite you whoever said that here in a second is it because there, of like but, vasoconstriction uh, versus like opening like the I assume so. There's there's also a technique, and again, some people put this on on Facebook. So sorry if I'm not citing you. We'll get there. But I have heard also put your feet in warm water and put something cold like around your neck or on your head mm. because you'll constrict up there, but you'll dilate in the feet, and it'll help kind of pull blood in that direction. Um, versus being up in your head and making your head just fucking gotta down. bleed your brain. Acupressure. You, you just just yeah. You gotta you gotta starve it of blood. <laughs> uh acupressure so acupressure is fucking tight dude yeah i love acupressure uh one of the one of a good I, I know a good acupressure uh point for headaches is the space in between like the base of your thumb and index finger you know that one if you squeeze it it hurts yes. it's like a point i i yeah, it's right there i kind love of the, web. the pain that comes from squeezing this pressure yes. point it's delicious and it's supposed to hurt. Don't put yourself in yeah. too much pain. No, it's just like a, it's a, a little bit it's of touchy. It's tender. You, get, you yeah. don't squeeze it hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just give it like a and little, you'll know, little nudge. You'll know when you're in the right spot. I'm doing it right Because now. sometimes if you're just grabbing the skin, like the webbing skin, you're like, I don't get this. You got to get a little of the meat. You'll feel and it. You'll know. You'll yeah. know where You'll it is. know. Uh, but yeah, there's several places also on uh, like the ear. You know, have you seen the ear charts of of places that you can do some acupressure uh, or even acupuncture? Don't do acupuncture yourself at home, but uh, also places in the feet. Just acupressure is fucking tight, dude. Uh, ginger is good for headaches. It has anti-inflammatory properties. I hate ginger, dude. Oh, I, I ginger. hate ginger. Oh. It tastes like a fucking bathroom floor. It does taste ginger. kind of like cleaning materials, but I like it. But I like a lot of the it's a the natural spices, room. you know? Sure. I like licorice. Well, so it kind of is in the same vein. 
I, I've also I've recently been like I should invest in some kind of juicing material because I've seen people make like ginger and turmeric shots because those aren't particularly pleasant to just ch- you know I mean like even if you like ginger you might not just chow down on like a whole root on, of it you know but if you like make a shot throw a shot back like a ginger shot back if you got a headache and hey it can probably help it's got that anti-inflam yeah i'm a fan uh, of the ginger do- of the ginger it's helped ginger me with tea. Uh, bladder stuff too it's really good for when ginger supplement all that stuff magnesium now magnesium is sort of a buzzword these days there's a lot of different magnesiums to take everybody's like I swear to God, if I see one more TikTok that's like, magnesium will cure everything, I'm going to fucking punch everything. It absorbs but, through the skin. Like, Put it on the skin. It, but but magne- but it is good. Can't say it's not good. Okay. Take you a little magnesium mm-hmm. bath. Put some on your feet. Uh, relaxation techniques. This is if you are this kind of person. I can't because I can't. I can't. I'm too mad at a headache to do this. But if you can... Deep breathing, meditation, Dude. and uh, progressive muscle relaxation may help. Breathe a headache out. Breath work is fuck so no, fucking... No. Dude, I'm serious, dude. Like, that's what's so cool about the circulatory sure system is that, like, it is one of the quickest ways that we can completely, like, change what's going on with the body. And ch- doing a breath work session it for, like, 10 minutes, usually... That's... that's I don't know why... It, I guess because it's newer for me. That's one of my biggest ways of getting rid of them. Because a lot of the times, if I just oxygenate my fucking brain, I'm better. I'm sure it's great. Okay. <laughs> I expected you to say something else. <laughs> that's it. Uh, that's it. it i listen I, I can't even imagine myself trying that as mad as i am with a headache you don't understand how hateful i get when i have a headache i am not a hateful person usually but if i have a headache i will mow old ladies down if they are in my way i i don't care about anything or anyone in a headache and you're telling me to fucking breathe yeah, i am no no thanks yeah. peppermint oil <laughs> Peppermint oil on the temples. Uh, I'm going to try to start going a little quicker. We're, we're really racking up time here, uh, which leads us into aromatherapy. We'll get into that later. Uh, regular exercise. I don't, there are some people that say exercise during a headache is going to help a headache. But again, fuck you. I'm not doing it. That. Has but helped, if you're that yeah. person. Depends. Depends it. on the cause of the headache because I've exercised with certain headaches and that made pressure worse. And I've exercised with other headaches and just the, you know, the, the breathing and movement and just kind of it has helped. So I think it depends on the headache with that, too. Okay. Maintain a regular sleep schedule. Get some sleep. Um, Irregular sleep patterns can actually contribute to uh, headaches anyway. So just make sure your sleep is so important. Dude, when you go and read about like what happens if you don't have, it's scary. Not having sleep is terrifying. And as somebody who does not sleep well, that it scares me every day. So we're going to fly right by this one. And the last thing I have here on the list is over-the-counter pain relievers. We've got things like ibuprofen, acetaminophen, yada, yada. Now, I want to plug here a massage for your headache. Mm -hmm. Listen, I don't want to toot my own shit, but when I was in massage therapy school and I had to get my like 500 hours or whatever it was, I don't really remember, for the state to get my license – uh, there was this one person who would come in all the time with headaches and request me, and they called me Advil. <laughs> toot, 
toot, toot, toot, I, I get anyway, it. I do. Uh, I, the neck. That's where so much of yeah, the head yeah, pain yeah, comes yeah. from is the fucking neck and like my traps, you know, like by my collarbone yes. area. Neck, like that's the discord. Neck, trap, shoulders. Also, if you do the trick, uh, my mom showed me this when I was young, way before anything massage, but I have this has been my go-to. If you start with each thumb kind of in between your eyebrows and you pull those thumbs out towards mm-hmm. your temples, that will give you like temporary relief from that headache. For basically as long as you're sitting there doing that, your headache will feel a little bit better. And it's it's kind of a do this while you're waiting for your meds to kick in mm-hmm. or while you're waiting for the water to hydrate your gushy brain, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and another thing that if you can afford to do so, I understand a lot of people, you're at work, you're doing, you have things to do. But if you can, find a quiet, dark room. Get off your fucking phone. Stop looking at screens. Yeah. And sorry, I had so much vitriol when I said that. I was talking to myself because yesterday, even with the headache, I was still on my phone. Like, I knew, I was like, Charlie, get off your phone. This is hurting your head. But I was just so mad. I was like, no, I have some, I'm not going to, what am I going to do? I'm sitting in the quiet. Ugh. But yeah, sit in the quiet in the dark and just try to rest for a bit. Um, now, magically, what can we do to help this headache? Let's start with some crystal healing. What are the best crystals to slap on your forehead? I also want to talk about doing a massage with some of these crystals on your head and like the coldness of the stone bro amazing yeah also like use a use a tumbled stone don't use like a raw oh my God, amethyst yeah don't do that <laughs> i am exfoliating yeah you just fucking rape your okay uh so here we go uh, particularly good for headaches amethyst clear quartz Lapis lazuli, selenite. I, I might not do a massage with the selenite because yes. I feel like my forehead grease would melt it. Uh, fluorite, <laughs> rose quartz, and black tourmaline. Now, aromatherapy, big time good for a headache. Number one oil on the list here is peppermint. Peppermint's the go-to mm-hmm. For a headache, it has that cooling effect. And, you know, if you don't get it in your fucking eyeballs, and if you use a little bit of it and with the carrier oil and do a test spot, all the, all those disclaimers. If you put some like on your temples, I like will like massage the sides of my head with it. That cooling effect will help uh, cause some like slight vas- vasoconstriction like along the surface of the head. But also the smell of it is going to help... Um, 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 I lost my place. The smell of peppermint alleviates tensions due to headache. We also have lavender oil. That's because it's just mostly like calming and soothing in general. Uh, eucalyptus oil has anti-inflammatory, anti-inflammatory properties, and it also is thought to have analgesic properties. So inhaling its vapor or like a steam inhalation can do wonders. Uh, rosemary has analgesic properties. It also has some anti-inflammatory uh, effects. Chamomile oil is good for a general soothing. So like your chamomile, 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 and your lavender are going to be like to chill you out versus the, I don't know, the rosemary, eucalyptus, and the peppermint, which are kind of uh, 
I guess having more of like a physical response or a physical cause of relaxing you. Mm. Uh, and also frankincense oil uh, is said to help specifically, I don't know why, but specifically with tension headaches. And then lastly here, ginger oil, uh, because we've talked about ginger. Ginger has anti-inflammatory properties. I feel like ginger oil diffused would just make my eyes burn. I don't know. Does anybody diffuse ginger oil? I don't know if I've ever diffused ginger oil. I'm scared. (laughs) Uh, Make yourself a cup of tea. A cup of herbal tea with some soothing herbs and or oils in it. Uh, So, of course, these are going to be very same uh, over the entire list. But we've got chamomile, peppermint, lavender, uh, valerian root, uh, for ingesting, and that's probably just going to like help you get some sleep. And passion flower. Uh, I do want to say that sleeping is a big ally for when you have a headache. If you can, and this is one of those things, you know, sometimes you read a scary story and somebody's in bed and they see like the most horrific thing you could see, but then they just go to sleep right after. Yeah, I feel like it's the same thing with a headache. Sometimes I have a headache and I'm like, how could you ever sleep through a headache but then your body just goes i'm gonna i'm gonna bounce for a bit (laughs) your brain just kind of shuts off so if you can help facilitate sleep with valerian root or the or the or the lavender and shit like that sleep through it my guy uh candle magic light a candle focus on the flame as you do so you can visualize the headache dissipating with the smoke you can combine this with your meditation practice um you can also do some cleansing or banishing if you want to. You can think of this as you know banishing the headache. Uh, you can use any kind of smoke to be careful using smoke when you're working with a headache because this could exacerbate the problem. I would probably diffuse things, um, but that is me. Uh, and then also, I know we talked about water, chugging a bottle of water, but listen, how magical. If you've got a headache, go to your little stash of moon water. Get your little bottles that you've set out in the moon and then you've like kept separate, you know, if if you have that and chug your moon water because like assuming it's time. still good and not full of amoebas. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. No. Hold on. Pause. Your bottle of water that you haven't cracked yet that you sat in the okay. moonlight. <laughs> there we go. Um, and I have here written, I've I've made a ritual for headache relief. Okay. So ingredients. This is what you're going to get. A white candle, because it symbolizes purity and healing. A small bowl of water, Mm. symbolizing cleansing and coolness. I would add a few little cheeky chunks of ice to this water. Okay. you do you. Lavender or peppermint essential oil. Get you a small crystal. Okay, (laughs) a crystal. crystal. Yeah, sure. Uh, Preferably one of the ones talked about before. I wrote in amethyst because I feel like it's pretty ubiquitous. So the first thing you want to do is prepare your space. And unlike other times and other rituals where we're smoking it up and we're playing, banging, drumming music. No, we're going to find a nice quiet space where you're not going to be disturbed. The pets aren't going to come in. The kids and the the partners and the phone calls and everything else. You just get yourself to a little quiet, dark corner, and you're going to lay your shit out in front of you. And you're going to take a few deep breaths and just center yourself a little bit. This is not, you don't have, when you have a headache, you don't have the energy to be putting into a ton of work. So this is all about just getting grounded and centered. Light your candle. Um, 
I'm sorry. Anoint your candle first, please. I went out of order. Anoint your candle with uh, your essential oil, your peppermint essential oil. And after you anoint it, take some that is on your fingertips and rub it into your temples. Okay. Uh, please be aware of the oil that you're using first. This is not the time to go out and use peppermint oil on your skin for the first time. Use lavender if you're not sure. Then you'll light the candle. Visualizing the pure light uh, is healing energy. And as the candle burns, the warmth that it puts off, the brightness that it puts off is dispelling your discomfort in your head, okay? While this is happening, I want you to hold your amethyst, close your eyes, and kind of push it up against a spot on your head that feels good. Now, depending on the type of headache, it could be a different spot. I will probably drag it across my eyebrows or like put it at the base of my skull. A good base of the skull cold crystal will do you a wonder. Um... But massage yourself with that cool, smooth crystal. And while you're doing it, think of it as the crystal's helping you out. It's your little dude. It's going to help absorb that pain for you. It's going to absorb it and transmute it into something else. Okay. After we've had our cold crystal massage, dip your hands in that cold, that cold water we brought. Okay, dip your hands, feel the coolness of the water. Imagine it sucking away the pain out of your fingertips. You can even kind of put your cold, wet hands onto your forehead, onto the top of your head, the base of your neck. And if you would like to, if you're in the mood for speaking, you can speak an intention right here. Okay, I've got by the light of this candle, you know, um, through the cleansing power of this water, I release the tension and the pain of this headache. You, you know, write something if you if you want. You come up with something really fancy. As this candle burns, so too shall my comfort. No, so too <laughs> shall my discomfort diminish. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Make up whatever you want, and think of whatever you want, and just kind of sit there and have some you time while the candle burns. At the very end, we're going to express some gratitude for the. St- to the stone for taking your pain, to the water from taking your pain, for the candle and the fire for burning that pain away, whatever. And then when you feel like it's complete, you can either let your candle burn down or extinguish it. Um, place all of your things maybe on a windowsill or out where it can. I, I like to think that it's it needs some time to re-release your transmuted pain into the world. So let it rest <laughs> for a little bit. Um, and then you can go about your day. You know, have you some water, have you a nice little uh, breathing meditation, listen to, I I don't, this is, this 100% has to be placebo effect. But sometimes what helps me when I have a headache is I just type into YouTube, like headache frequency. And it's like, you know, 350 hertz level frequency, you know, one of those things. I am pretty sure that that is placebo effect but it has helped me in the past so you cut out after you said if pretty sure you, uh so i don't know what your opinion so I'm pre- is so i'm pretty sure <laughs> well it's fine anyway that's headache um i hope you don't have one but if you do maybe now you have some ideas of what to do with it oh wait you know what the, hold on this whole point oh god i would be so mad at myself if i did this and i didn't even i reached out to the beans on facebook mm. And I I said, uh, what do you do? Magic or mundane for a headache? Uh, And I would be so pissed off if I just completely didn't read (laughs) any of these. (laughs) Misty R says white willow bark, a natural derivative of aspirin or peppermint oil on the temples. 
but Excedrin do be hitting. <laughs> it's the it's the big guns for me. If I if I know it's a serious like ripper and I need to do something about it, it's usually Excedrin is the one that I know is is going to work. Destiny H says CBD salve, glass of water, and a good old window shutdown nap. Nice. Uh, Megan says Mulan tea or extract. Which oh, Mullen. I, uh, Mullen, thank you, Mulan. Every time in my head it's Mulan. Mueller. Um, Emily F says windows open, bowl packed, mint tea brewing. Tight. That sounds nice. Which. Does does weed help with a headache? Man, I that's a whole conversation because you. I, I feel like you get then you get the thing. It's like I mean, like, what does THC help with more versus CBD? I've personally found that I, I think CBD is more effective. Well, it also probably obviously changes from person to person. Yeah, it I totally. Just, does. I've never. I've never. When I have a headache, I I put almost nothing into my body but caffeine and water. So I, I CBD know. for pain relief, I've been pretty surprised by. Let's see. Miranda says, fill the bottom of the tub with hot water, then sit there on the edge of the tub, put my feet in. It pulls the blood to your feet and away from your head. Light a candle or incense to help you relax. Uh, let's see. Andrea says, drink the iciest cold water as fast as you can. At least 16 ounces. The ice causes the temp. Wait, I'm sorry. The ice cold temp causes your body to sig- send a signal from the roof of your mouth to the brain saying, fuck off with that headache. Uh, a polar vortex has landed down here in the mouth. Send help. Therefore, the brain relaxes the intensity uh, of the headache in order to direct attention to healing the mouth. I drink a few glasses, rest 30 minutes, then more if needed. Dude, I wonder if it would like, uh, sorry, I was, I went off on a thing in my brain. Uh, I wonder if it would help to like pop a, like an ice cube in your mouth. If that would do like, I mean, you need to drink the water, but I wonder if like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I hate see. cold water. The, dude, my throat like tries to reject it. I if I try to drink icy water, it's like my throat closes and it's like stop. Ugh, no, I quit. Ugh. If see, I'm kind of the same way. If it's I'll drink room temperature water, but if it's if it's a degree warmer, it's like that cucumber. If it's 1 degree colder, uh, it's wrong. It's toxic. If it's 1 degree warmer water, my body will want to throw up for the first time. And have 27 years or whatever it's been um let's see connie says no i'm gonna i'm gonna pronounce this wrong dia diaphragmatic breathing diaphragmatic breathing yeah using your diaphragm instead of just your chest yeah diaphragmatic breathing scalp massage along with facial scalp pressure points water lots of water uh i do diaphragmatic breathing anytime i'm doing a, a meditation um Good old belly breathing. I feel like it just it gets, belly it gets in there deeper. Breathing, dude. It's nice. Yeah. It helps the lungs like fully expel all of the like waste gas and it oxygenates everything. I am all about the I'm all about the breath. Breath. Melanie says, use your thumb. Find the top of your ear with it. Then go a thumb's width up from that and rub in circular motions. I found this on TikTok and it helped it has helped me. Say it one more time. Uh, I didn't Jennifer, do it. I want to do it. Say where it was. Oh, okay. So let's see. 
Use your thumb and find the top of your ear with it. Then go a thumb's width up from that and rub in circular motions. Ooh, I feel how that could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's kind of like, the spot. I, it's not like a flat spot, but there is like a little spot there that you can feel that you're like, oh, you're it's not. A little, it's a little helicopter pad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Celia says, severe migraine sufferer. Sorry about that for you. Uh, they say, so often I have to resort to RX meds. However, peppermint oil dabbed behind the ear, base of neck, and both sides at the top of my head, like where a baby's soft spot is. Then drink, uh, then a cold drink in a warm bath with bergamot oils and the lights off helps me so mm. much. Dude, that just sounds that nice. That does sound though. nice. Not except for the not, Yeah, part. not the fact that the whole time your skull is screaming at you. But aside from that. Yeah. <laughs> JB says, not cheap, but getting a new tattoo always knocks my migraine right out. <laughs> Just blast the body with some pain from somewhere else. It's like, hey, focus on that. And then enjoy these endorphins, this uh, post-adrenaline rush. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Um, there are some people that enjoy a tattoo in a sexual way, I have heard. I mean, I guess I could... I never have, but I could see it. Like I, there were moments during my last one that I, I did very much enjoy the pain of it. Like it, mm. it's, it was kind of a, it was just like one of those hurts so good sensations, but not yeah. all the way and not all the time, but I, I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend that said she, uh, it felt erotic. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it does feel very like- intimate because someone's marking you forever and like, it, it, to me, okay, Fedra. It, it does. Like it feels, <laughs> it feels very intimate getting a tattoo for me. Like I need to like my artist. I need to like where I am because like they are like putting part of their essence essentially into you. I feel like I've always wondered about that. I'm like, what if you get a tattoo from somebody and then like later you end up like absolutely hating them for whatever reason? I'm like, then you're just kind of stuck with that. Yeah, I guess you I just know, try to literally separate the art from the artist. <laughs> and that <laughs> get out of my skin. Uh, and let's see. Lastly, here we've got Tiff F says heat is good for sinus headaches. So a heating pad wrapped around my head is nice. If it's a migraine, major majorum tea is a blessing from the gods. If it's a heat induced migraine, uh, deep or South Georgia here. Hello. Mm. Put some peppermint in the tea too. Then go take a nap so it sounds like a lot of hydrating make sure you're uh getting your essential oils right some massage drink your fucking water i know i already said that but it's worth saying again and that's headaches that's headaches goodbye we all get them we all i assume don't like them okay hear me out there has to be somebody Somebody out there who's never had a headache oh i thought you were gonna say there has to be somebody out there that like gets off on having headaches Ooh, okay, listen, but what a blessing that would be. Yeah. I I mean, it'd be weird. You just I have guess, to watch yourself and no be judgment. like, you can't just like purposely dehydrate yourself just to get a headache. Yeah. <laughs> like, you get your fucking rocks yeah, off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's never had a headache before, probably. I guess if that's even possible. Like, I mean, your if skull has never had to a grow headache. at some point. Like, growing pains are real, you know? Like, 
You're going to feel that. Like, dude, have you ever talked to somebody who like grew a whole lot in one summer? Like I, in my personally, like who I've mostly talked to is like dudes, boys, you know, because they grow generally like real fast, real quick. A lot of the times. Yeah. Real, real tall beanpole. Yeah. And Hunter grew like fucking seven inches in like a school summer once i don't and he says that he just remembers lying in bed and just feeling his bones hurting yes so bad and i'm like that sucks like fuck that i'm not a particularly tall person but i do remember that pain i do remember that growing pain i would get leg aches pretty bad yeah but i always just thought it's because my circulation's always been shit um i mean it could also be because you're a kid and you're running around a lot yeah you know? i did we ran all over the place or like but I, leg aches were serious know, didn't i don't have a banana that day i don't like get them it, like i did then i got them way worse so maybe so yeah. they might have fucking been growing pains don't know man huh. don't know. Woo! well we'll talk about something else growing talk about them potatoes oh dude i love watching potatoes grow you ever seen those like how ha- you can like see they like put them right next to glass and like oh yeah 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 it seems like it's going on underneath yeah 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 have you ever had the esteemed privilege of digging potatoes have you ever gone up to a garden oh absolutely dude, there is w- few experiences absolutely goddamn lootly oh my god and oh, yeah. potatoes fresh from the ground like fresh from someone's <gasps> garden could not taste yeah. any more different than what you get at the store it is. Yeah. Why I had so like the place that I went and picked blueberries at over the summer has this big garden and she just it's just this big organic garden. She had all these potatoes and we got some when we went and like I have never tasted anything so good. Like and it was just What'd you do with them. Dude, I just let them speak for themselves, man. I just I just ah. gently I boiled them to the point to where I mashed them, but left the, they were red skin. So I left the skins on and like I didn't mash them all the way. I left the chunks, you know, and then I just put i put butter in there but i let the butter just kind of melt and pool with just a little salt and a little pepper and i just let the potato communicate and it was yeah biblical it was so good like unbelievable how good it was my grandma used to make them uh used to make like a potato salad like a good old southern potato yeah and i remember that being the absolute titties oh it's so good. There's a whole taste and texture difference to like a fresh dug patat. Well, like also if you if you okay, so if you grow your potatoes, you know that to preserve them, you can like let them uh what do they call it? Weathering? I forget, but basically you let the skin get hard, right? But if it's a fresh potato, mm-hmm. if you squeeze it hard enough, it'll slip right out of that skin. Oh, yeah. So it's like it's moist. Tender. It is so yeah. good. Uh, all right, we've got to talk about potatoes. I could talk about <laughs> potatoes okay. like I this. I feel like we're going to deviate all a lot. day. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a long topic, too. Um, I am horny for potatoes. I am dude. too, man. And today's the day we're talking about the potato. And mm. as probably I would, many of you might guess, it is a long, important tale. To the history yeah. of humanity, rife with some classic European suspicions, which, yay! Come on, man. And I gotta say, I was really sad. I opened up uh, Culpepper's Herbal, 
And I was wondering if there was a potato entry, and unfortunately, there's not. So no guest, no guest that on today's shithead. episode. Yeah, I know. I was like, why did he not talk about the potato? Are you so talking about the goddamn cucumber? You're not talking about the potato? Come on, man. And so no, Fuck no off. potato entry. So maybe he was too scared. We start a very long yes. way from Europe, far, far away from Europe. We begin today's journey, even though it's not necessarily the beginning, beginning, we begin our journey in Peru. And uh, specifically kind of on up in kind of the Andes Mountains, where eight to 10,000 years ago, you see that kind of tap dance a little forward and backward a thousand years one way or the other, but it seems that's good enough of a window that people can kind of get into. Sure. But about that long ago, the potato was being domesticated into an edible crop. It was being eaten back then. So we're talking far back. It was like corn. And oh. it seems... Dude, but listen. Mm. Corn and potatoes? Corn and potatoes. Dude, go to you a fucking... Go to crawfish boil and get you some a corn and potatoes, dude. To get back on track. I'm hungry, you can tell. I've not eaten yet today. And so I've, yeah. I've got food oh, on yeah. the brain. So mm. there's some there's some interplay here because like with corn, there's an even more ancient vein, it seems, to this history because the OG genes, it seems, they, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how geneticists of starchy vegetables do anything. I don't know how any of this works, but it seems that there's like Chilean roots to some of these ancient Peruvian species. So kind of like how we talked about with corn, how they were like, well, it was domesticated here, but it actually seems like some was brought even earlier from over here that like went into the gene uh. pool of this corn. So it's kind of like this with potatoes. It seems like Peru really went balls to the wall with domestication. And but it seems that somehow ancient potato varieties were carried there from Chile. So uh, yeah, then so there's older genes. And so Peru's potato variety is very interesting. And it's apparently really difficult for uh, like classifiers, like taxonomists was the word I saw. I guess that's what they're called. I don't know much about science things to untangle it all. It's hard for them to kind of sort out all exactly what is there. And uh, But as it stands, the International Potato Center in Peru has preserved almost 5,000 varieties from potato, of potato from this how? region of the world. How? I'll tell you how. So potato varieties are also called land races. So, and they're, they're a very special thing to people up in the Andes Mountains, who will have upwards of 10 to 20 varieties of potato growing in their gardens. And sometimes a single garden will surpass much of the per like potato varieties that you find all in the United States. There is a massive, massive diversity up there, but they've been domesticated a really long time ago and have been highly important to the sustained continuance of, of living there, the successful survival of living up in the Andes. And interestingly, initially, especially, but still so, there's many varieties of potato, especially uh, kind of the wilder varieties or more kind of, uh, I don't know if heirloom is the right word, but you know, like kind of getting into that vein. Uh, I saw specifically in the Andes mountains, some of them are kind of toxic. They're poisonous. Uh, even after cooking. And so an a, adaptation was kind of required to be able to 
eat these potatoes. And it seemed that this was also something that might have been discovered or seems to have been discovered uh, along the way as potatoes were being domesticated and just being used and kind of experimented with as a food crop. And native Andeans saw that llamas would lick certain types of clay before eating toxic plants. Uh, and so they, they followed this suit and potatoes would be dipped in an edible clay, jars of which apparently can still be sold in, in certain markets in this region, though many species jars now have since been bred. Yeah, jars of clay. Many are now bred that are not poisonous, but it seems some varieties are still consumed that have this uh, toxicity to them. And so they are still uh, dipped in clay. But I was like, that's interesting. I wonder what it tastes like. Because honestly, I could kind of see it being earthy and kind of nice. Jars of clay? Jars of Jars of clay. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> so, uh, but with the calories and the nutrition that can be found in the potato, great civilizations could rise, such as the Inca, which built incredible mountain cities such as Machu Picchu, located all, like just right at about 8,000 feet up in the Andes Mountains. Wow. And you can't build cities like this without food. You have to feed a populace to have large cities. And the Andes Mountains are a really interesting biome. Like, I don't know a whole lot, but they're, I don't know if it's still on there, but there was a really uh, prettily shot series on Netflix for a while that was, it was just called like the Andes uh, or something like that. And it was a, just a whole series that just dove into these small villages all throughout the Andes Mountain Range. And it is a harsh. I thought that was just about two dudes named Andy. And the Andes, <laughs> and it's a harsh fucking climate a lot of the time. Uh, up up there, it's volatile in the Andes Mountains, and it can swing from warm to freezing very, very quickly up there. The winds can cut right through you. It's it's just a very um, it's a very and it's gorgeous, but it can just be a harsh biome to live in. And uh, really, a big part from early on, a driving force in the bellies of these ancient civilizations was the potato back then to build essentially great empires. But as we know, someone had to come and ruin every single bit of that. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Spanish. And so... Uh, in this case, we don't we don't have Cortes uh, in in this in this specific instance. We have Francisco Pizarro, who apparently uh, led the first arrival batch to this area of colonizers, and quickly they noticed the native people here eating these odd, lumpy foods. There's a lot of color and variety. They said, That's ours now. Yeah, they did. Well, they saw it, and initially they were like oogied out. You know, they were like. <laughs> what is that? But soon followed suit and we're like, holy shit, guys, this is it, man. This is awesome, you know. And beef. <laughs> while the the native people and civilizations built over thousands and thousands of years were getting decimated by disease and conquest, the potato was being shipped back to Spain to let the nerds figure out how to make the potatoes work. That wasn't, then <laughs> let them fucking figure that out. They just took everything and sent it back. And even if it wasn't going to work, they just took it anyway. So they shipped the potato over to Spain to see if anybody could make these potatoes work. And it was not an easy task for a lot of reasons. One, 
Peru is essentially right on the equator, which means they have long days, basically equal length to night. So you have these potatoes that were used to a certain amount of daylight and nighttime for their cycle growth, like their growth cycle. And you bring them to fucking Europe to where a lot of the time it's like the UV risk is low enough to where they're like, oh, you don't even got to wear sunscreen today, guys. Like, I just I feel like it's obvious. It's a difference there, you know, and uh, they didn't do great. They, yeah, the potatoes uh, did not do great, not to mention they killed or enslaved everyone who truly knew how to grow these potatoes. Um, And so they didn't really it didn't seem like there was a lot of uh, native consultation on how to grow these things. So at first in years, it seems it didn't do that hot. But the potato wasn't really loving European soil, was not thriving, and only like little nubbins were being grown. Kind of these like little round ball potatoes that weren't... Baby potatoes. They weren't enough because the potatoes were in an entirely different place without a long day growth like climate. So, but that wasn't the only issue with growing the potato. And we're jumping around in time here, okay? So just know that we're kind of jumping around in time because... The potato got to different places and different speeds, but regardless of the location, people were sus about the potato because, of course, they were. And I want to talk about that because there's a lot of that. I'm sorry. I, I know that it's like a pro. Like, of course, it doesn't make sense because we've had so long of potatoes. Be- but the idea of somebody being skeeved out by it, like looking at a potato and being like, I don't know about I that. I don't know. It's hilarious. Yeah, because it's, it's like one of, it's such a comfort sweet. It's like a friend. It, yeah. You know? It's <laughs> a safe friend. White fucking Englishman. Like, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> like, shut up. And so, uh, so first of all, why? All right. So what are the reasons for this? Well, there's a bunch. One, potatoes are in the nightshade family, which already had people giving them the side eye because oh, shit. The nightshade family kind of gave them a nefarious, witchy tone. Because if we can recall the suspicions <laughs> weathered at, thrown at, or suspicions weathered by the, the poor tomato. You know, if we were, aka yes. the wolf peach, if we can remember. Wolf peach! It was called that because of the fucking wolf, werewolf com- mixes. It's, it's a wild story. This is what I'm saying. So, like, if you're in the nightshade family, can you're you? already in trouble. <sighs> If if things had just continued on, can you imagine a life with no salsa and no mashed potatoes? I can, I but to. it makes me sad. It makes me really <laughs> sad to think about. <laughs> like, yeah, sure, you could live. Yeah, but like, but like, not would it be worth it having, like, dude, the thought of just not being able to eat potatoes would bum me out like that would bum me out a good bit i need them i feel like i need them to help ground me down in my diet like i i i need it (laughs) give it to me please yeah and need need a little bit of the earth i need the earth in me all air person that i am i need it yes so along with otherwise you'll fly i might actually fly away i might full-on aquarius chart full-on vata predominance i need help so along you just be like i'm going to go look I'm, for my alien brethren i'm going now i have yeah. things to do peace out here's the thing also with potatoes if you ask me here's the mm. thing so potatoes come from the ground and you know 
what else oh. comes from the ground? The devil. Uh. And (laughs) Uh tracks. So that already made him a little sus being a root veg. And there was the Russian nickname, apparently, of Devil's Apples, which is a fun name for potatoes that I want to keep forever now. Big fan of that one. Devil's Apples. Wolf Peach and Devil's Apples. Also, potatoes weren't mentioned in the Bible. So uh, I don't really want to, you know, I don't have that. There's no, I don't have the clearance. I I don't know. You know what? You know what else wasn't mentioned in the Bible? Hitachi. And I'll keep that, please. Great. I, great. Yep. <laughs> I, you know how lame okay. I am? I immediately, like, because I, I immediately was like, the TV? And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that too, though. <laughs> Uh, clergy folk would even ban uh, certain flocks from eating them. So they'd be like, you cannot eat Whoa. the devil's food. And so many English farmers who really needed the food and nutrition say, so badly, mm. they outright refused to plant potatoes because, ew, they're a Catholic food. And we're not supporting the papacy uh, by planting these evil Pope foods. Gross. Gross, so Catholic. That's going on here too. There's like a religious element going on because the Spain, it seems, brought them over, and and so it's like they got. It's just like guys eat the fucking food. Your teeth are falling out. Like eat some potatoes. Yeah. So uh, even better, mash them first though, because your teeth will just continue to fall out. Potatoes were considered by the French to cause leprosy, specifically. Uh- uh, in fact, between the years of 1748 and 1772, it was illegal to grow or eat potatoes in France. Completely. Could not. Huh. The reason for this, as I understand it, was that the appearance of the potatoes looked more like people's hands that have leprosy. So they were like, well, like causes <laughs> like. So A to B, obviously. This is how you get leprosy. <laughs> okay. However... <sighs> The band. God, human beings are dumb. I just that I love the sometimes reasoning, but also lack of reasoning that can be displayed simultaneously. Just, like that's technically wow. reasoning, but like it's yeah, like sure, wrong. I love but, it. Yeah. Uh, it's not good reasoning. So the band did end in 1772. So what happened there? Why did potatoes become legal again? Well, it's more like who happened there. And that who is French Army Medical Officer Antoine Augustine Parmentier. And Parmentier was quite interestingly captured. French lessons coming in handy, man. Dude, I tried my best. And uh, he was this guy. Wild story here. You're going to love this guy. Okay. Um, Okay. Interestingly, he was interested, or he was interested. Interestingly, he was interested. (laughs) So he was captured. Five times, separate times in war. So he was a prisoner of war captured by the Prussians five separate separate times. And in that time, pretty much he was only fed a diet of potatoes as a prisoner of war. Oh. And Prussians had all sorts of potatoes because their monarch at the time, King Frederick the Great, diverted a famine by ordering peasants to eat potatoes. So he got on, he saw it as like a, oh, we can use these potatoes and like not have all of my common folk die in a mass famine, because I'm going to get into <laughs> later on how common famines were. So from this diet, even as a POW multiple times, he notices, uh, so this is uh, Palmentier, uh, he 
was healthy enough. Like he'd been a POW five separate times eating these potatoes. And he was kind of like, I'm kind of surprisingly okay. Like, I'm not I'm not that bad off. And because of these this, little leprosy hands fucking slap. Yeah. <laughs> and so because of that, he seemingly kind of was able to understand the potential of what this crop could bring to a continent that was so consistently riddled by famine and severe lack of food security. So somehow he, who was a trained pharmacist, Parmentier, uh, it might be Parmentier. I actually had a hard time finding a, finding this, but I was like, I'm pretty sure Antoine Augustine is right. But, you know, listen, we do what we can. I uh, I only see it as, as I, I know that it's bad, but it looks like Parmesan for almost all of it. So I have to fight myself to not be like, <laughs> to just not divert there. Um, Parmesan. And so... Yeah. He seemingly understood, like, this could change, this could maybe change things. But also, so while being in, an, an, in like, the uh, an army medical officer, uh, he was also a uh, fucking, what's the word? I just lost, a pharmacist. Now, I don't really know what pharmacist oh. means back in the 1870s, but he was a pharmacist back then and stated his research on the potato. He really dived into the potato, dove in, and he researched it so clearly and well, that the government, it seems, lifted the ban on potatoes, largely because of him. Like, I don't know if it was solely, but he led that charge into getting the potato ban lifted in France. Huh. And when, uh, oh my gosh, you're going to have to give me one second before I am you're, you're allowed one myself. Um, Do you need me to vamp? Yeah, vamp for me. Oh, great. Good. <laughs> Instrumental vamp. <laughs> I need to look something up. I'm just going to start really quick. Oh, oh, did you find it? No. Well, because I'll, I'll vamp. I'm I'll listen. I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. I'm going to list all the things you can do with potatoes until you until you find what you're looking okay, for. Okay, Thank you. Fry your potatoes. Just fry them up with some salt and some pepper. You mash your potatoes. Okay. You can scallop these potatoes with some cheese cheesy scalloped potatoes okay curl them up stick them in that little curly q machine and make curly fries you can make regular fries you can make french fries you can make shoestring potatoes you can um grind like not grind them you can uh uh sand them down you know not sand <laughs> whatever grate them down make grated you can make latkes Potato pancakes uh, with some sour cream, some applesauce. Okay, I think I'm done now. Okay, okay. I, I have a Bacon. I have a really embarrassing lack of ability to understand Roman numerals. Like it's something in my brain rejects completely. I've tried my entire life with this. I can't. I ex I understand them up to up to ten, like X. I know, but I don't know what like the L and the V and shit like that. Yeah, I don't. And so we're talking about King Louis the Sixteenth today. But I always want to make it the Fourteenth okay. because I it I get confused with the yeah. V and the I and the I and the V. So the Sixteenth. So when King Louis the Sixteenth was crowned, he lifted the price control on grains, which caused bread prices to soar, bringing on what's called the flower wars, which led to a lot of skirmishes <gasps> across the countryside. And the whole time, Palminthier was like shouting at everyone, just use potatoes, grow potatoes, everybody, we can, you can eat, I swear, we don't need the bread. And and they were like, no, you gross old POW. Yeah, they nobody was, so it, but listen, 
he decided the potato needs marketing. So. Okay. He. It needs some attention. It needs some publicity. So he created Mm. some very interesting stunts to lift up the potato uh, in the eyes of the public to get attention. Great. So one of these was he hosted an entire all potato dinner party for a lot of aristocracy (gasps) of the time. One of them apparently who was Thomas Jefferson, because that's when he was kind of fucking his way around France. And so he was there and he loved it. And there's like a myth that apparently he brought the French fries back to America because he ate them for the first time there. And I'm like, I don't know about that. Blew his tits off. Me and you both talks talked about old uh, Thomas, old, old Tom J. Oh, Tommy Jeff. Yeah. No, Tommy Jeff. Old gross boy Tom. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, fucking asshole. (laughs) What's my favorite stunt in in all of his stunts was that he had, he commissioned 40, he got this from the king, he got approval for this, 40 acres of fields to be prepared and planted with potatoes outside of Paris, like on the outskirts of Paris. And these 40 acres, they were were right there. So they were like accessible. You could go, they they were outside of town, but like not far off. You know, they weren't like way, way out in the countryside. And this field was planted for the sole purpose of knowing that hungry commoners would totally be stealing from this field and will probably Mm. like what they take. It was like gratis marketing. Like free sample mm. marketing. And what's even better was that he hired guards, like sorted up guards to look real serious about guarding these potatoes because he assumed that the locals would be like, well, they'll see that they're guarded. So they're probably worth guarding. Yeah. They're worth something. Genius, but the guards dude. were instructed to pretty much look the other way. And, you know, and if uh. any if any people came to like to, to get the potatoes out of the place, uh, he also presented. Dude, get the. Get the fucking rich and famous eating them and then act like they're a hot commodity. This is, he is Roger. I was thinking, this is the lemon, this is the lemon monologue. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So he presented uh, the king and his queen consort, Marie Antoinette, a bouquet of potato flowers at the gardens of Versailles. (laughs) Apparently, apparently I, I had to, I had to look up potato flowers because I wasn't, I'm looking it up. Really, um, I, I didn't really it just know seems what like, to think, but they're cute. They're like little, they're little sweeties. Oh my God, they are cute. Yeah, they're really cute. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so those are little huh. potato flowers. Almost like, almost like little pansies. Yeah, they've they, they got that delicate little, like, you know, those petals are going to mm. be super soft. They're going to be like very velvety. I wonder if they taste like potato. So later on. Though I'm uncertain if it was like his doing, if you know, like really nudging them to do this. But King Louis the Sixteenth wore a potato flower in one of his like little buttons, and Marie Antoinette at the same time Cute. wore some in her hair to attempt to. Cute. It seems make them more fashionable and acceptable to the people. Granted, this was tricky because this was like right on the cusp of the French Revolution, as it was. Um, but they gave it a go. However, over time, the potato did spread in france and it became less feared and more utilized and the same goes for other european countries including ireland of which potatoes made a great portion of the sustaining diet so by the end of the 18th century potatoes in europe were just about as much of a staple as they were in the andes mountains from which they originated roughly 40 percent of Irish people at this time ate no solid food other than potatoes. 
That was how crucial they were to the diet. And this was the case between 10 and 30% of people in the Netherlands, Belgium, and Prussia. So routine famine almost evaporated when, you know, potato country. So potato country is a 2,000-mile band, apparently, that stretches from Ireland to the West, like, all the way to, like, West in Russia's uh, Ural Mountains, like, all the way in like all the way over there. So it's like a long strip. And like where that was, there wasn't famine hardly anymore. And sorry, I'm still stuck on the fact that that was the only solid food they had. Well, wow. it was it was for 40% of Irish. Uh, it was That's yeah, almost half brother. Yeah, yeah. But for like the common folk, they it's yeah. And um. I, I really liked this line. So there was a really great source, uh, and it was a Smithsonian Magazine article. And I liked how they put it. They said, at long last, the continent could produce its own dinner. And I thought that was a pretty interesting way to put it. Mm. However, we don't exist in a vacuum. And if we know anything about colonial expansion at this time, the attitude was more, more, more. People needed to grow more. And to grow more, you need fertilizer. And do you know what the best fertilizer at this time is? guano which which despite common time or common thought isn't just reserved for bat droppings but seabird droppings as well and peru has literal islands of this bird shit that europe wanted so the export of guano to europe began in the late 1800s exporting guano from peru much of it coming from the chinches islands which apparently is a foul smelling place where the guano was allegedly 150 feet thick walls of it from it's yeah. like a super gathering point and this was carved out and harvested by enslaved chinese people and eventually oh. though the europeans started getting really pissy about how much they were paying for guano they didn't care about it being harvested by enslaved people that was just a yeah 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 yeah. but you're charging us too much peru <laughs> fuck you and uh basically it was like the attitude was, well, if Peru's going to insist on charging us money, let's just invade and take the islands from them. So I saw that uh, in 1856 in the United States, the United States Congress passed the Guano Islands Act, which authorized Americans to seize any guano deposits they discovered. And over the next 50 years, merchants in the U.S. claimed 94 islands, caves, coral heads and atolls. So they're just like, well, we don't want to pay for it anymore. So we get rights so to it because we congressionally decreed it. So, woo. Uh, the American How nice way. it must be to just be like, I'm not going to pay for this anymore. Yeah, I just, I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to take this. I'm just, I'll have this now. But you know what traveled, it seems, potentially overseas with guano? Allegedly, it's Phytophthora infestans. A type of water Ooh. fungus that spreads via spore yeah. believed to be native to Peru. But in 1845, it hit Europe in early summer in a town just six miles of the French border. And by August, it was in Paris. And just a couple weeks later, it was nuking potatoes in Denmark and Germany and the Netherlands and England. It was spreading like crazy. Is this the famine? We're getting there. Oh. And so here's a here's a direct uh, quote from that same article. So in two months, pea infestans wiped out the equivalent of one half to three quarters of a million acres as of potato fields. The next year oh. was worse. 
and the year after that. The attack did not wind down. And oh, oh, by the way, this is in Ireland. So I believe there were like two point or two to 2.5 acres of potato fields planted in Ireland. And it wiped mm-hmm. out one half to three quarters of a million of those acres. And uh, the next year was worse than the year after that. The attack did not wind down until 1852. A million or more Irish people died. One of the deadliest famines in history and the percentage of population lost. A similar famine in the United States would kill almost 40 million people today. Jesus Christ. And it is rough reading reports of what people saw and recorded when they went to Irish villages at the time of the famine. And it does not read that dissimilar to certain reports that you hear of like the liberation of like Auschwitz and like camps. It is horror, like true horror, all the while just at the time. So, and this is an example of like how nothing changes. There was like a lot of like British papers Uh, Like the Times apparently was a big one publishing like a lot of like Fox News level propaganda uh, about the famine at the time, which was pretty much like, eh, they deserve it. So fuck those guys, you know, (laughs) they're fucking Irish. Yeah, dude, I read some of them and it was like, Jesus fucking Christ. It was so bad. However, we can see how the potato in a relatively short time became a crop upon which governments like relied on millions of lives relied on and when something happened to them shit went south which is also why it was the potatoes that largely spurred the pesticide industry Uh, with the first discovery being it seems accidental when it comes to combating pests on the potatoes specifically the colorado potato bug Uh, and so People got creative at this time and were trying anything to control pests on potatoes. And apparently, I guess, one farmer threw some leftover green paint on his plants one day to just try to, like, try anything, I guess, to just be like, fuck it. Nothing can get on them at this point. (laughs) And y'all, paint was wild back then. So this paint was called Paris Green, was the shade. It was developed in the 18th century. It was common in fabrics, uh, wallpaper, and uh, it was a lovely mix of arsenic and copper. And oh, yeah, yeah. And okay. farmers would dilute it with flour. And uh, so I guess this might have been a pigment paint. Maybe it wasn't liquid. It was like a a, a powder that was then you mixed it with liquid uh, because it's diluted with flour and dusted on their potatoes or mixed with a sprayer and sprayed. And It worked for a little while, but the bugs always adapt. And so began what continues today as an endless process of throwing some pretty eyebrow-raising stuff uh, and increasing (laughs) potencies at potatoes to keep the pests from devouring them today. Uh, And potatoes nowadays are the fifth most prominent crop in the world after wheat, corn, rice, and sugarcane. They are integral to the global food economy. And the genes of potatoes, it seems, have been so mixed and globalized that apparently, and I think this is what this article was saying, that is if you sequence some of the potatoes grown in Andean gardens today, like in the Andes Mountains, they they very well might have European sequences in them. It's like come full circle all the way back around, which is wild. Now, that's already a shit pile of history. So we've got to talk about witchcraft now. So 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The potato already got a tick in the witch column because of the Nightshade family, like we talked about earlier. So mm. there was already some devilry afoot with it, you know, being in, in the Nightshade fam. However, it didn't take long for potatoes to find their way into folk magic remedies. Because one thing is forever nice. true. We've always hurt and felt bad and wanted to do anything about it. You know, something. And yeah. g- give me some, give me some witchcraft. Yes. And free my soul. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Give me the witchcraft. Yeah. Uh, so for the massive catch-all that was rheumatism. So rheumatism was a lot of oh. things that, you know, would be like, that's rheumatism. That's It was like a, a kind of a blanket thing, uh, not as clear as today. You could carry some raw patat in your pocket and it'll nice. fix it right up. And... However, according to some beliefs, I really like I this little, I like this caveat, according to some beliefs, you got to steal that potato. If you want it to work, you got to steal oh. that potato. And I was like, actually, I could see that. I could see the like, the stolen element somehow giving it extra, extra sauce. I don't know. <laughs> well, I have heard that before. I've heard a, a stolen something something. So I, I don't know why. I, I remember on cabbages, a stolen cabbage, I think, would tell you who you were going to marry on Halloween mm. or something like that. Mm. Um, Great. This was a fun little excerpt. This is from an Atlas Obscura article. One convert to the potato cure, uh, Commodore Phillips, pilfered a potato from a barrel in Charleston, South Carolina, and defied a doctor who told him it couldn't possibly bring him any pain relief. And an 1897 <laughs> medical journal quoted him, I do not believe in it. But I have a potato, and I have no rheumatism. <laughs> so I like that. Completely yes. deflecting any committal statement, but saying, Bro, but I believe in it anyway. I am going to fucking tout that every... I Okay, listen, I'm going to start selling a key. Like, I don't know, just one of those cheap keys that you can get at Home Depot. And you can get them in bulk. And I'm going to be like, this key... Cures everything. Everything that I don't have, I'm going to say that key cures. Yeah. And I'm going to make a killing. Yeah. This is what was going on here. And so there were little charms, little potato charms. You know, I've got this key. You know what I don't got? Syphilis? Gout? Gout? <laughs> However. The elf shot? The elf shot. That's more actually. That's that's probably. Mm. Gout would be the kingly disease. This it'd be Elf <laughs> shot would be more likely. So the potato. Ugh. Has uh, more to give though than a sickness, little sickness sucking charm. It can it do sickness. more than that. And you kitchen witches perk your ears, okay? Because while this makes a lot of sense to me, I have never thought about it like this before. Okay, but when right. when we look at the potato, what's going on with the, with the potato? It is a tuber storing energy for the plant. And if we look at it this mm. way, maybe we can perhaps see what it can do for us. The potato is a container of grounding supportive sustaining energy it's a great food it's a a battery little pocket of it absolutely is and it it is a great food to prepare either before magical workings if you're wanting to kind of get your get you know your energy up get yourself fed and get something that's just going to kind of keep you nice and supported and simmering you know it's just going to kind of stay with you or have some potatoes in your cake and ale ceremony afterwards you know (gasps) kind of 
replenish yourself Ooh. because that's what cakes and ale is like oh it's so great you know i didn't really understand it in the beginning like cakes and ale that's an interesting but it's like once you experience the dropout of like a ritual you're yes. like you know what i need right now fucking cakes and ale it's exactly cakes what i need right ale. now so <laughs> maybe pre make you some like little potato cakes or have you a bowl of mashed potatoes and come oh, back yeah. to life with it so it's, I was just like, that's a really interesting way to think about it. I've never really thought about that. And this really rich, earthy kind of grounding energy. Plus, there's good nutrition with potatoes as well. So it's not like you're just like mainlining. You know, it's not like you're finishing your your spell and you're just like chug a Coke. You know, you're. it's something that's like going to sustain you and nourish you. That is so laser. It's not Dude, it is. Funny. Like just dip it up one shot. All of it. All the yeah. way back. <laughs> um <sighs> And uh, so a potato is a good visual and magical representation for meeting our needs. Now, this isn't magic necessarily asking for your hands to just be dripping with dollars. It's asking for having enough, you know, having Mm. enough food, having enough to pay rent, to keep the roof over your heads. And, you know, the the grounding energy of the potato reminds us of the gratitude that we can remember if we do have enough, if we are getting by. And in really fucking hard times like these where everything is expensive and many of you like me got an extra dick kick of having student loans reactivate, sometimes you just need the needle to shift a little, you know, like, you just need it to you do some some to where the definition of prosperity for you shifts with it. And times like these, a blessing for many of us is just getting everything paid and having enough to like yeah. get groceries and maybe some Christmas gifts, yeah. hopefully. And it is totally okay to perform spells like this where we, you know, we might think it's a little average or perhaps like stopping short because it's not a big grandiose goal. It's not like doing a big old money ball where you're like, I'm going to just bring in a whole massive change. Like this is a bit more targeted than that. It is instead of abundance, it's enoughness kind of, you're just kind of like Mm. stopping there and something that would be worth its weight in gold. You know, so here's something, I got something for you, Charlie. Okay. (gasps) Special for you. Give it. How much do you think that bag of potatoes is worth it to someone who's been out in alone for about <gasps> 60 days. You know? Oh, God. It, well, let's see. I don't know. I'd have to know what the caloric content of a potato. But just the the nourishment, the sustenance, the, the you know, the flavor, the feeling Dude, of getting to you eat potatoes. You people on alone mm. find an onion and shit their pants about it. So, like... If you find a bag of potatoes, Dude. kill me. Kill me now. Well, and, and that's the beauty of the potato. And I, that's the beauty of this spell is that, you know, it, I feel like it kind of mirrors the same attitude towards like these spells of just getting enough, finding enough. It's like we look at the potato and we're like, eh, it's just a potato. And we might look at this spell and be like, eh, it's like not really asking, you know, for like a whole big deal. Like, am I wasting my time? It's like, no, like the potato, enough is a lot. Enough is incredible. Mm. And mm. Uh, I... I just I like using our magic practically like that, not just a grandiose tool, mm-hmm. but something we can roll our sleeves back and just kind of be like, all right, something's got to give a little bit here. We need to adjust. We need well, to calibrate. Not for nothing. Sometimes some listen, if every spell that was like, I'm going to win the lottery 
was going to do that, everyone would have won the lottery. Yeah. You know or what I mean? you get discouraged so and you never practice again. It, exactly. And and sometimes instead of doing these, you know, huge, huge things for like a great financial windfall, um, alongside of all the, the smaller things that you do for like prosperity or whatever, if we're, we're doing like money bowls, money spells, money rituals, and we're, we have this aim so high, sometimes it's like, how do I say? Sometimes you, you, you can't always get what you want. But if you try sometimes, you just might find you just might find you get what you, you get need. what you need. There's a lot of wisdom in that statement. And and sometimes I think when we ask for big huge buku things, it's sort of like they might it might come to you in other ways. Yes. Or it, it might spread out and, and come you know, but if you are very specific with your intent of backing that down a little bit and just being like, look, I don't need the world, I just need this to last until my next paycheck or whatever yeah. right then sometimes i feel like that's a little more specific and targeted and then it's just like oh okay I, yeah i got you yeah you know? but yeah I, uh, I i feel that way i mean it seems to work for me and anytime i do like wide open prosperity spells it's always the weirdest shit like it's never what i expect you know like anytime right. it's just vague i'm just like prosperity abundance bring me it's always just like uh, oh oh okay yeah I, <laughs> I guess i'll take that um so another it's like thing. when you got that big shit Walmart order. Dude, I think about that all the time. I wish it would happen again. <laughs> it has not happened since. They caught on. <laughs> uh, you know what you can do with potatoes? You can carve them quite easily, in fact. And this can be in addition to uh, your, your spell working. Whether you carve it, you sigil it, you bless it, you do whatever, and then you plop it into boiling water uh, to eat it. Or you leave it carved and bury it or put it on an altar or whatever for a while. This presents a good opportunity for sigils, intentions, what have you, that you would like to infuse into your magical working. And perhaps your edible magic make you some sigil mashed potatoes. And every bite is infused with the carvings you placed in the potatoes before boiling it, boiled with the potatoes inside of them. Uh, Stuff like that is really like all up to you. You know, you can get creative with it and you can do it super in the closet, you know, like, like, depending. And you can just get really creative with potatoes because of how cookable they are. They could be cooked in so many ways that you can you can use the potato. Uh, they can also be carved. You can bake it. Oh, you can mash it. You can fry it. You can you can stick it in a stew. You can stick it in a stew, buddy. You can carve it into a poppet uh, for sympathetic <gasps> magic. I I specifically saw this called out uh, in a lot of like uh, anytime I saw it mentioned, it was always tied to like Appalachian folk type magics. Mm. Uh, it seems the carving mm. of the potato was is is a bit uh, is is more notable there. I uh. That's where I very first, I was reading a, uh, I forget what book, but it was some Appalachian witchcraft. Uh, it might have been Backwoods Witchcraft. Anyway, and it talked about the carving of poppets into potatoes, and I did it. And that's the story that I have where, like, <laughs> I, I got very scared. It was like, I, I nothing really happened afterwards, but, like, I did it for a specific reason. And then I, like, went to bed last that night, and then I just kind of stayed up staring at the ceiling, just searing, just, like, afraid. The whole time, I was like, I carved like like somebody's likeness into a potato today, and and then I mashed it, and then and then I, are they gonna blow up? Going to hell? Like yeah, like <laughs> and then I mashed it. 
and then I was, it was that very early practice, like, dude, scary that's such yet. a steep fear. It's so sharp and <laughs> potent. I understand. Uh, and it felt like everything at that moment. But now looking back, it's sort of like, yeah, right. Yeah, for real. Um, I'll do it again. I'll do it twice as well. It's double mash. Do a whole pot of these mash puppets. <laughs> and then eat them. <laughs> Yeah, and I did. I ate it. Awesome, it was dude. <sighs> so, to have potatoes is to have sustenance. It's to have life, and within them is a lot of power. Power in the potato. Power that we have seen change the world forever. And while they're humble, Whoa. and for many they're accessible, we do not need to look past the punch that they pack that's gotten them to this point. And value is a word that can vary from person to person as well as with context. You know, again, that's kind of diet, like going back to that bag of potatoes. You know, if you're in your stocked kitchen, that bag of potatoes is like, mm. eh. But if you're in one of those starving little wood shacks they build in fucking the Arctic in alone, that bag of potatoes Hell would yeah. make you weep your eyes out in, in oh, joy. Yeah. So potatoes, you'd like put the skin on your face and put on a little skit. Oh my god, dude! Give me that, dude! I would so absolutely be the person putting all the skits on and being so fucking weird in front of that camera, <laughs> dude. There would be so many cut skits. On, there would be so many things that I did on the cutting room floor that just never saw the light of day for good reason, dude. Like I, <laughs> I would finish that show and as my brain started putting itself back together and like I ate food yeah. and was rehabilitated, I would just be like, Oh no, what's going to make it in? Yeah, just, what are they going to oh put God, in? I sure hope they don't show that. Oh God. That's a fear. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yay. So with potatoes, there's pure value. There's a primal value, this literal, just like life-giving energy power to them. And they're a good source of energy that we can harness in so many ways from the kitchen to the altar to protecting our homes, uh, from literally any way that you want to utilize them. You know, like carve your sigils into that and bury your potato and that's your, do warding potatoes, whatever, oh. you know? And I just feel like the the options are endless with this. Well, like potatoes are also super um, absorbent. Yeah. Or uh, like they'll they'll take on whatever you put them in. So I feel like if you wanted to just hang a potato by your door and let it soak up any nasties, mm -hmm. it could do that for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a spiritual fly catcher. It just catches all of yeah. the smoke monsters. Cute. <laughs> um. So potatoes can build you back up when you're energetically depleted. If you've been feeling a little energetically, like magically energetically, rotate some potatoes in, you know, like as someone who like in the earlier years of my life did not let myself eat enough, like the years in which I've been letting my body have potatoes have been so much better for me, <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> like but like energetically like but also for magic like if you're just feeling a little like remember what that tuber is remember like that that is a packed source of like earthen energy it's a life source for a mm. plant like it is a battery take it in and not just as you know like starchy carbs you know or whatever like but think about it from an energy standpoint what's going on with that with that potato. potatoes like a battery <laughs> and it goes into the body like a battery <laughs> <laughs> um 
And let your circle castings be fueled by the digesting potatoes in your belly. You know? Like Dude, I want potatoes so goddamn bad. They right sound now, really good. And right I don't now. know what to do about it. I think it. I might have to make some. I'm gonna have to boil some. Um I I I ugh. Pick you up a bag of potatoes, guys. Let yourself tune in to that untapped energy that's all up in them potatoes. You can carve them. You can cast them. You can stick them in a stew. Oh. Uh, Boil them. The, the potato is like, I feel like it's kind of the incognito witch friend. One of many. But like, it is definitely one of them. And we've been tied Not to- if like someone comes over and you have somebody's like fucking head well, carved into one. No, init- no. Yeah. I, one, I'd be impressed. Be like sweet ass carving. But like, wow, would they do? Look um, what you did. Neat. But I, uh, I, I, you know, we've already been tied together for a long time anyway. They're in the Nightshade family. People thought they were witch shit anyway. So I feel like, you know, it's like, Potato, I see you. I, under- I understand you. I appreciate you. Um, so- oh. Embrace your humble, powerful little potatoes and make some fucking starch-fueled magic from them. Potato. Potato. Magical bowl of mashed potatoes, like as a treat. Magical bowl of potato. I mean, how good does that sound? Try to make one of those, like, 1990s, like, jingles for things. Nice. I like the magical bow potato. It's good. It's catchy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good. Wow. That was okay. long. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I'm glad that we both got to talk about, I don't know, Thomas Jefferson today. Great. Love that. I guess. Um, and uh listen if you're not if like okay i would be really interested to see stats on who's super hungry right now after all that yeah what did the potato talk do to you do you not like potatoes if so that's okay and did this topic (gasps) just be like i don't get the potato love what's up with the fucking potato love but like if you do make potatoes or have potatoes like tonight or tomorrow post them on facebook hashtag Magical bowl of potatoes. Magical Hashtag bowl of potatoes. Magical bowl of potatoes. I want to see them. Use the fucking hashtag. Do it. Magic hashtag. Okay. Magical bowl of potatoes. I want to see what you make, and also I want to know yes. what your favorite kind of potato is. Do you like? Do you like them in Macy? Do you like them in chip? Do you like them oh. in, in fry? Do you like them? You can't do this to me. All gratin. What do you want? I think I'm, I think a mashed is going to have to take it for me. I, I, it's such a specific consistency, but lightly mashed still with big chunks and the red skins in there with like butter and salt yes. and pepper is the way. Yeah. Yeah. And like put into the oven so that the top of it, this is going to be weird, but the top of it gets like kind of, kind of, kind of thick, kind of skin like. Uh, dude, you know I, I, mean? I understand. There's a creaminess that, that happens after a time, especially mm. with, which country people around here call them, I, I've always heard them called new potatoes. Um, but if you're talking yeah. about like the the red skin ones with the skins that pop, you know, when they just like they are they just... not called new potatoes? Uh, I I I always called them that growing up, and I remember when I started working at a grocery store for my first job, I said it, and the woman who was training me like laughed, and she was like, "Wow, I've not heard that since like my grandparents." She was like, "I," and I was like, "Oh, oh, 
Okay, bitch. Yeah, but she was super nice about it. She thanked me. She was like, thank you sure, for that memory. But I was like, oh, that was the day that I learned that uh, that's not, you know, that's not said all the, that like all the time. You know, red skin potatoes is huh. pretty, I think, more commonly used. Whatever, dude. Yeah. Anyway. I don't believe it. Show us your pet. Anyway. Show us your pot patats. Show us the pot of patat mm. that you patated today. Yes. Goodbye. Let's close the show here. properly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway. Dude, I am so, I am so, um, I'm so spaced right now. Yeah. So, let's see. You close it. Go. Okay. Bam. Great. Um, find us on socials that we don't post on uh, at the Witch Bitch Amateur Hour, or oh, it's boy. just at Witch Bitch Amateur Hour. Um, our whatever is is it, it's all linked i don't even you'll find it is it x now listen we don't post over there so i don't even know if any of that exists anymore that seems like a cesspool maybe this maybe this makes me big boomer i refuse to call it x i don't give a shit if it goes for 20 years being called x and everyone calls it x I will never call it. It's X. so dumb. And I'm sorry. It's really stupid. That's probably big boomer. I don't. I don't I, care. We, I we're over it. there. Um, you can reach us via email if you want. Wbahpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, also, we're mm. on Patreon, and if you want a weekly podcast about shit that's not witchcraft, and it's about like TV shows <laughs> and books and music and movies and shit you can go on over there for five dollars a month i'm just gonna hammer that at you guys really quick five dollars a month yeah. to get an episode every week um it's a whole other podcast my guy and they're long they're usually um, pretty long eps so yeah, uh we're yeah, yeah. we're finishing and verge riv verge riv Finally. tomorrow Jeez. my babies and then getting into a couple of wimp caps and then we're gonna hit up that new season of bridgerton so if you're a bridgerton fan come on i over. know you are come on eat that cake Eat it right up. Have you seen the like Bridgerton? Did I send you the picture of the Bridgerton cookbook? Yes, you did. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad. I want to know what's in there. Okay. <laughs> I should have opened it. I'm sure it's a lot of cakes. I bet it's a lot of cakes. And sometimes like when you get themed cookbooks like that, something that's so unrelated, it'll just be like fucking like Penelope's pea soup. A ham sandwich. And you're like, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's a reach. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the the description will be like ham sandwiches were eaten at this time. <laughs> Here it is. There it is. We did it. Boom. It's like okay, that was a space filler. Uh, I think that's everything. Is that everything that we do? Uh, is that everything we yeah. offer? Yeah. Sure. I'm tired. My I talked <laughs> about potatoes the- too Listen, long. Macy, we have smart listeners. If they want to find us on things, they will. They will. Okay. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I, I, we can't coddle and hold hands for forever. No. They're going to have to understand mommy and mommy are tired. They're grown. They're grown yeah. now. Aww. I feel like they're only grown, though, Magical just because we've we've neglected them by not giving them adequate information for years. So they've had to the grow emotionally on their own. neglecting yeah. parents. Yes. yes. That is us. That is us. Sorry. Okay, guys, go eat your potatoes and uh, do something for your headache. Bye. Goodbye.
Alrighty.